You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. We are continuing our positional profiles. We're looking today at the off-ball linebackers. This is what we do on this show on Wednesdays. We look at the 2019 Chiefs. We review the position. And then we look ahead to the offseason, free agency, and the draft. We've been going position by position. You can look back and see what we've done so far uh, here to help me talk about the off-ball linebackers. Uh, first, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. I consider him to be the Z-Man on Texas Toast of this show. Maddie Lane. How are you, my friend? I don't like taking a shot across the bow as soon as we start because you have to just come out here and insult me like that. Um, <laughs> and the worst part was I was about to share it to all of our listeners how, you know, we were a little heated about the whole barbecue thing and we sat down we had to break the bread. I mean, throw it away, break it, whatever. But no, you have to come in here immediately throwing shots. I'm amped. I'm ready to talk draft. And you're over here slandering my good name. Let's just move on. Craig Stout, find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. How are you doing tonight, bud? Well, the first half of this podcast, I'm going to be doing meh, but it's going to be great the last half of the podcast. Let's get into linebackers, you guys. Yeah, let's review. Let's review the 2019 season. First couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, if you like the show, leave a five-star review. Uh, we always appreciate those. You can subscribe to the channel too. So anytime that we you you know Arrowhead probably has something going on the podcast channel, you'll you'll have it fed to wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you uh, if you like the NFL draft, the KC Draft Guide is available for pre order. We the championship edition, by the way, uh, you can get that for eight dollars and fifty four cents by using promo code LIVE, L-I-V, celebrating Super Bowl 54. Uh, when you go to gum.co slash KC Draft Guide 2020, hundreds of write-ups on prospects. We're geeked out about it. It's it's going to be a really fun project, and, and we we hope you guys will, will like it. It releases on April 6th. All right. All that stuff's out of the way. Let's talk about the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs linebacking core. Craig, how'd they do? Well, I mean, honestly, they were amazing. I, I just can't believe what they were able to do with the talent. Oh, oh, that was the coaching staff of the Chiefs linebackers. No, the linebackers themselves. Yeah, I'm poor. not asking you how Matt House did. Uh, Matt House is a saint. Because he did awesome. <laughs> the, these linebackers were poor, guys. I, I think there's no way of real, really sugarcoating it. Anthony Hitchens. It was good pre-snap. I talked about that all year long. He was a guy that uh, that the defense needed to align everybody. Unfortunately, once a ball was snapped, he just wasn't particularly good. Damian Wilson was fine, but he was a Sam linebacker playing Will. And then Reggie Ragland had to play Sam, and he was fine at Sam. 
Darren Lee was brought in to be the kind of chase and pursuit linebacker and the coverage linebacker, and he just failed epically. Dorian O'Daniel couldn't get on the field, and Ben Neiman was frankly not a good dime linebacker. Like, it, it just was... It's pretty amazing what they were able to do, given that they really didn't get a whole lot out of the second level of their defense in 2019. The Chiefs linebacker group for the second year in a row somehow found a way to overshadow the very poor cornerback play and be the worst part of the team for a second year in a row. And I think that is saying something. This linebacker group, they got to fix it. You can't keep getting by with this. They they even faced some teams that probably should have been able to take even better advantage of it than they did. And the, to what Craig said, to the coaches, coaching staff's credit, they made these guys work, but they lack speed. They lack aggression. They lack coverage ability. What they do well is fill gaps in between the tackles. You just can't have three players that excel at filling gaps in between the tackles, especially when two of them can't do that on every single play just because of the position and the role they're having to play. They have a lot they have to fix here, and the hope is you just don't have to see it for a third year in a row. Yeah, I mean, it it would be ideal if we were playing a team that wanted to use 13 personnel because then there's enough gaps to where you can play three linebackers that are good <laughs> at filling interior. And yet the Tennessee Titans still found a way to attack them in space. <laughs> also, there's this thing, there's this, there's this fad called outside zone. <laughs> Ever heard of it? It's a fad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's really impressive that the Chiefs were able to win a Super Bowl with the back seven that they had defensively. And I think you've got to credit uh, Matt House. You've got to credit Steve Spagnolo. I think they did an outstanding job. And it's not like these guys are completely... It's not like the entire position is devoid of talent. It's just fit and usage. Damian Wilson was having to play the Will linebacker. He is not a Will linebacker. Um, shout out to you know to that group for, for putting it together enough for this football team to... To, to survive and win a Super Bowl. Um, but uh, it, it was a poor group. All right, the biggest surprise at the linebacking position, Maddie. Mm. I think I know where you guys are going to go with it, so I'm going to play it a little, a little different. I'm going to go with Reggie Ragland just because I think a lot of people had kind of written him off going into it as the odd man out. They thought his role was going to be taken over. And as the season went on, I think Reggie Ragland just became pretty clear to me the mo- the best of the linebacker group at doing what they all do well. So they all excel at stuffing the run by attacking interior gaps. I think Reggie Ragland was the best of the group at it. I'm not even sure he's the worst of the three in coverage. He very well may be the best despite being maybe the most limited athlete. So I just think Reggie Bradlin continues to not be a superstar, but to be a very good football player, a very useful linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm glad he got a chance to really show up for that Titans game, for the 49ers game in some big spots because he he did make an impact on the game even as a third of the snap run-stuffing linebacker. I mean, I was going to go Reggie Bradlin's. <laughs> I mean, and he might be the best coverage linebacker on this team of, of the guys we're discussing. I'm really upset. Honestly, I mean, the fact that like the first five weeks of the season, Reggie Ragland was like, I think he was inactive for some games because he's not a special teamer and he wasn't getting any run. And then the biggest disappointment, which we'll get to here in a second, uh, couldn't handle it. And so they're like, screw it. Let's just throw Rag- Reg- Reggie Ragland in there. And they started to turn things around a little bit. I don't know how. 
I don't know how they did it. I don't. That was the only real positive I was excited about. The biggest surprise. That was the one. That was it. I there. I it, I could just spin it into another negative if I really wanted to. But it Reggie Ragland. <laughs> I I'm gonna go with Damian Wilson, and it's not that he was particularly good as a will linebacker, but. Damian Wilson's a Sam, and he started the season as a Sam. Like, that's the role that he was going to play. Darren Lee couldn't hold down the Will linebacker role, and Damian Wilson had to switch after a couple of weeks and transfer to a position that he wasn't used to playing. And frankly, that's a lot to ask of a player, especially of a player that's brought in to set the edge have a little bend, you know, rushing the passer, but you're not asking to regularly drop in coverage. Now you're asking him to be a pursuit linebacker. Now you're asking him to shoulder more of the coverage responsibility. It's a complete shift in mentality. And frankly, the fact that he was as willing to do it, that that he was not necessarily able, but the effort that he put forward and everything like that, I, I just think that, it's, it can't be understated the, the mental wherewithal to, to make that switch and not have it be, you know, such a crippling thing. I'm anxious to see what he does at Sam linebacker this year. I think that they'll keep him. I think he'll be on the roster. So I'm very anxious to see what he can bring to the table. Not a single one of us went with Matt House's coaching ability with this group of people. See, like, see, like, I mean, I, I think you could have. You could have gone there. I just I was trying to keep it on the field. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't surprised by Matt House's coaching ability. It's true. We I thought he was. A, it. Oh, I, I I was surprised seeing what we trotted out there. <laughs> biggest the biggest disappointment for me, Darren Lee. The Chiefs traded a pick for Darren Lee. The Chiefs tried to address Will linebacker. They tried. They had a two deep at Will. They had Darren Lee. They had Dorian O'Daniel. Maybe Dorian O'Daniel really wasn't on the two deep, but that's another story. Um, they had the athleticism that the Chiefs needed to be on the field. They couldn't trust him. And despite all of the issues you saw at the second level of the defense, especially in coverage, they still weren't going to put Darren Lee on the field. That is a major disappointment. I thought the Chiefs had good value getting Darren Lee for a sixth round pick. I thought he was going to help solve some of the coverage woes at the second level of the defense. And we didn't see him in coverage or we didn't see him on defense for weeks, for like 11 weeks. (laughs) Darren Lee was inactive for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. couldn't even put him on special teams. Nah. Nah. And he actually looked okay on special teams. But Dorian O'Daniel's a better special yeah. teamer. Period. Yeah. And I still don't think that's a bad trade. Like, I, I will take... Yeah, sh- try it. Go for it. No, yeah, do it. It was I, I worth will, the shot. I will trade that six-round pick. Useless you know, pick. Every, yeah, 10 out of 10 times I'm going to make that move. I just... Yeah, it, it was him. And it was after the Houston game where he missed several tackles and mentally was struggling that Steve Spagnolo benched him, said, you got to figure this out. And he just never did. We we have now come to the point now where we understand that Steve Spagnolo is not putting a linebacker on the field unless he fully grasps the concepts, unless he fully trusts him to execute the calls. Darren Lee, frankly, just didn't. And because of that, he, he ended up getting benched. I'm going to take the other supposedly 
good will linebacker candidate in Dorian O'Daniel. I was very high on him when the Chiefs drafted him. I liked a lot of what he did at Clemson. He seemed like he was going to be a perfect fit for, at the time, Bob Sutton's defense. He transitioned. I didn't think he was as good of a fit for Steve Spagnuolo's defense, but I still thought that, especially looking at this linebacker group, he would have a chance. He couldn't even get himself a chance to prove that he could or could not start at Will Linebacker. There is just simply the second coaching staff now that does not like something that they're seeing before game day starts to even really give him a chance to start. I understand the athletic ability is there. We all can see it when he does get on the field for special teams or late in games. But there is something else that's missing. And it's just it's been disappointing that he has not been able to fix that or work on that with a second coaching staff now because the Chiefs really could have used his athleticism and coverage abilities at times. But if you don't know the playbook or if you're not comfortable taking on blocks and interior gaps, you simply cannot play for a Steve Spagnola defense. All right. Reason for optimism moving forward, Craig. There's nothing but optimism on this squad going forward. I'm sorry. If this coaching staff can get this team to a Super Bowl and get through everything that they needed to do, they matched up against some of the teams that, frankly, should have dominated that and exposed that linebacker core and and did at times. But they were able to hide it. They were able to get the most out of these guys. They're going to add talent. And you can trust this coaching staff to get the most out of them because they've just proven time and time again that they can give Matt House some bodies that can do something and let the man work. I uh, I said the same thing about the cornerback position. Uh, the reason for optimism moving forward is that the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with this group. And that's reason for optimism. By the way, just sidebar, Charverius Ward had a very rough playoff. It was very bad. I, I feel bad for the guy. Did you just go back and watch it again or something? <laughs> I did. I did yeah. watch it. I watched it. I was watching the Texans game and the Titans game and the Super Bowl for the 60th time, the Super Bowl. Uh rough. It was just it was it was a really rough playoff for him. He got challenged and he did he just he's he had a rough rough go of it. But that's another story. Um I you I think you there's nowhere to go up from nowhere to go but up from this group. And I think this group is going to be a better 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 unit next next year. Uh, and Matt House is still here. So there's your reasons for optimism. Yeah, I don't know what more I can add. I feel like this is a very similar situation with the quarterback group that, that they were not good and the team still found a way to make it work. So like, there's your optimism. The group's only going to get better. Therefore, the play's probably going to get better. I will say, especially with this group, when you're dealing with smarter, high IQ linebacker or any football player, but especially this linebacker group, the second year under the same system, a few more things should start to click a little bit more. You should have a few less miscommunication issues, whether with run fits or who has what coverage responsibility. So Anthony Hitchens, who by and large seems to be a very smart football player, very capable of setting the defensive front and everyone's responsibilities, should be even more on his A game. So I just think you could see an even better, well-executed position group or position performance out of them, even though the talent should be better too. Just the way they execute should improve. All right. The 2020 outlook for the linebacking group. You've got uh, Ben Neiman, Dorian O'Daniel. You've got Anthony Hitchens. You've got Damian Wilson. I believe that's the only four that they have currently. Oh, Darius Harris. 
I'm excited to see Darius Harris. I do want to see him come in. I want to see him challenge Damian Wilson. I think you've seen the Chiefs. They don't prefer it, but they can get by and they are willing to try to get by with Damian Wilson at will. I do think there is a very slim chance you don't at least have competition at weak side linebacker going into next year. I don't think that's Darius Harris. I think it's a draft or a free agency guy, but I do want to see Harris get in there. And I want to see him challenge Damian Wilson at the same spot. I want to see what he can do. I know he was highly thought of coming out of the undrafted free agent guys from the draft. Let's see what he can do. He's the guy I probably just am most excited to see next year. Damian Wilson is going to play Sam. They are going to bring in somebody to play Will. I, I, I think that you could feel fairly safe in that, that they're not going to do that again. Again, they tried to get people in this on this roster to do that. And frankly, they just couldn't. I'm, I think they're going to put some more talent on this. And, and yeah, I think that you're going to see maybe Anthony Hitchens in a limited role between the tackles, knowing that he's got a will that can chase a little bit more, allows him to be a better player. Damian Wilson playing on the edge allows him to be a better player. Just maybe these guys having players in their natural fits with better players, maybe at <laughs> the most important position there of the linebacking group is just going to make them a better overall group. Yeah, there's. I think there's reason to to be optimistic about this group if they're put in the right spots, if they're getting to play the positions that you know that they were most likely here to play. I don't think I don't think Damon Wilson was here to play. Will. Uh, okay, we're gonna take a break, and we will be back to look at the free agents and the draft for the off-ball linebackers right after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, we have looked at the 2019 season at the linebacker spot. Now we are turning our attention to 2020. Let's look at the free agents first. Let's talk about a top tier. As we've done, I mean, we've been doing this for every position. We've been looking at a top tier, a mid tier free agent, and then the best free agent fits. Uh, and we're going to start with Corey Littleton who uh, is probably the a, a top-tier guy. He's probably going to get paid a very good chunk of money. Um, he's probably the top off-ball linebacker, and he would play Will here in Kansas City. He's going to get paid like, you know, Quan Alexander got paid last year. He might get similar numbers. I don't think he's as athletic as Quan Alexander was last year, but he's a guy that definitely improves the coverage ability of this football team. Um, he's a longer dude. Uh, he started as an undrafted free agent, kind of worked his way up from you know, a, a key special teams player into a, a on-the-field role uh, on defense. 
has coverability, was able to make some plays on the football, uh, had a couple sacks to his name last year. He definitely is an injection of talent for this group. He's just going to be expensive. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Corey Littleton has had 22 pass breakups over the past two years and five interceptions over the past two years. He is a coverage linebacker, and he's got over 125 tackles the past two years, starting as the Will linebacker in Los Angeles for the Rams there. So he is... The prototypical kind of will guy at the NFL level, his ability to cover is great. He's rangy, just cleans up a lot of tackles, a lot of tackles for loss, 15 over the past two years. That's that's very, very good. But like Kent said, he's just going to be expensive. He's a little bit small weight wise, or at least he was coming out and he might be above the Smagnolo thresholds. Now, I, I think that maybe the Chiefs, might put an offer on the table for him. I just think it's going to be so ridiculously expensive that they're going to find themselves out of that in a hurry. That's the most unfortunate part about Corey Littleton is that he is going to be expensive. I don't think he's going to reach that Quam Alexander level because he's not that dynamic of an athlete. He's dead. When he came out, he tested. I believe he might have even been kind of in that mix of whether is he an edge or is he an off-ball linebacker. But, I mean, he was in the bottom 40th percentile of most of his athletic testings, a lot of them even down around the 20th percentile. He's just a very lengthy guy who's a smooth mover, and he's processes the game quick. Like, he's clearly come leaps and bounds since he entered the league, and he performs very well with the limited athleticism testing wise but he's just not the same explosive dynamic player that Quan Alexander was and I think you can even see the 49ers probably feel like they overpaid for Quan Alexander compared to what he brought for them so I do wonder if there's going to be a slight walk back in the linebacker market and if that's the case take your shot because Corey Littleton plays the run he plays the pass he can blitz a little bit he's very good covering sideline to sideline despite not being the fastest guy on the field he just has really good instincts and he uses his length and passing lanes exceptionally well all right, let's look at a mid-tier guy now. Let's go with Patrick Owasso from hey, Patrick, the Ravens. Yeah, he uh, he was not a full-time starter the past two years. He, he played in all 16 games two years ago, started 12. Uh, last year, he played in 14, started six. I, he's another guy that's just right around that 230-pound range. He's he's shorter, six foot. He he doesn't make the same impact against the pass. He's more of you know a traditional run guy, but I, I feel like he's a pretty decent athlete. He's obviously going to be the right price. He's definitely going to be mid-tier, which a mid-tier linebacker isn't like a mid-tier corner where you're thinking about, oh, he's you know four or five million dollars less expensive. You're probably talking closer to what Anthony Hitchens got, which is around that nine to ten million dollar range versus the 18 million dollars that the big name linebackers are getting. I feel like he would be an upgrade. He'd add that extra little bit of athleticism there. I think that he is good enough to improve this squad. I think that that's a guy that maybe as a quote unquote bargain, as much as nine or $10 million can be makes enough of a difference to be in on him. If you're the chiefs. Yeah. And I think the big thing for him is he just kind of had some flash plays earlier in his career. He was a part-time player. He still was last year, but he was a part-time player leading up to 2018, I think is where he really started to put his name out there. 
he's definitely a solid athlete at linebacker and he's still learning. Like he's still grasping the mental thing. He's still on his first contract. So he's a younger guy, but he has these flash plays where he shows off incredible range or the ability to blitz or rush the quarterback makes the occasional play on the ball in the air and coverage. He's not bad in coverage by any means. He's just still working on the instincts part, but the Ravens were feeling pretty good about him. They put a second round tender on him last year going into 2019. So they wanted a team to give them a second rounder because they probably thought someone might try to snack him up. They didn't. He's going to be a free agent now. He didn't earn that starting spot. So he's probably available. He just seems like a guy that's 100% worth taking a flyer on just to hope that you can turn those flash plays into consistency. All right, Maddie. uh, Let's talk about the best free agents free agency fit for the Chiefs at linebacker. So I have two of them here that we got down. I think Joe Schobert's where a lot of people are going to want to start, and I get it. The Iowa connection with Hitchens, the fact that he's a high IQ linebacker, he's a guy that makes sense for Steve Spagnuolo, very good in coverage, quality athlete, very smart. Unfortunately, if you're willing to pay Joe Schobert, you might as well pay Corey Littleton, who I think is just a better all-around player. So if you're just deciding between who to pay more money to, you could slide Corey Littleton in there. I did just want to mention Schobert because he's a very high IQ player that fits what the Chiefs are looking for. Just I think his price range is the same as Littleton's. As far as the best fit when you consider money, I think Hassan Reddick. It hasn't quite worked out for the Cardinals. We do know what do know that Brett Veach loves guys that he previously scouted, and when they hit the end of their rookie deal, he's got his eyes on guys he like like a hawk. Don't know if the Chiefs liked him or not. Hassan Reddick has not figured out in Arizona at all. Bring in that athletic marvel and see if you can let him get a resurgence with the second team. Uh, Hassan Reddick was a guy I was worried about the Chiefs trading up for um, when they wound up trading up for Patrick Mahomes. I was legitimately nervous about that um, just because... Uh, yeah, I, w- I was nervous about that. Let's just, let's just <laughs> because you wanted Mahomes. <laughs> let's just well, I I was I they were talking about the linebackers and they're trading up for a linebacker. There's a temple connection between Hassan Reddick and um, and Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's worth noting Hassan Reddick. You'd have to trade for he he is still under contract for 2020, but. The Cardinals are looking to get out of a lot of contracts. He might be a cut candidate too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he also might that's, be a cut candidate. I mean, candidate. I think that's why he's here. Right, yeah. He only started five games last year. He's just, he's very flexible. He's a hybrid player. He comes off the edge. I know a lot of times when he was coming out of the draft, people were wondering if he was going to play edge, if he was going to play off ball. I think that kind of blend in, you know, because Spagnuolo likes heavier guys playing at those spots. I think that kind of blend makes him a perfect candidate to come in here. Matt House would love to have a guy that he could line up on the line of scrimmage, kick off ball, and just kind of have that sort of flexibility as well as keeping your athleticism on the field. It's not like he's slow. He's he's a fast dude. He's an impact player. I just think that maybe they've got other plans for him. They don't seem that interested in using him heavily. You know, he was the 13th overall pick in that draft. So he he definitely has not lived up to the billing. They might be willing to cut him. They might be willing to trade him for something cheap. This just feels like a Brett Veach move for sure, like Maddie said. Yeah, and we failed to mention that beginning, but that's kind of the the line of thinking with Hassan Reddick is yeah. potentially cut, potentially trade any of those any of those situations. All right, so do the Chiefs sign someone in free agency at linebacker, Craig? I don't think so. I, I just think the linebacker free agency market is very expensive, and 
while you can get upgrades, obviously, if you get a Wasser, if you get Reddick, somebody like that, it does improve your linebacker core, but it's not a situation where you're going to want to invest a huge amount of money in because linebackers are getting more and more expensive. There are a few linebackers in the draft. We're going to talk about them coming up here. I would rather address it there rather than spend way more money in free agency. I think the difficult part's going to be is what's the linebacker market going to be? Is it going to revert to what it was a couple years ago? And then in that case, I think it's very feasible the Chiefs try to improve the linebacker in free agency. But if it, you're looking at the prices that people paid for Quan Alexander last year and anything that was had in the last couple of years, I think the Chiefs are going to have to set it out because they're already spending a lot of money on one linebacker. I don't think they have the extra cash to do it again this quickly. Uh, I tend to think that they won't. I think they're going to try to, I mean, maybe not someone of significance and they might wait until after the draft and just kind of just play, you know, play value. Uh, and I, they, I know like maybe they like Darius Harris a little bit and they try to figure out a way to utilize him. Although I don't think he's a will and, and look at the draft too. It's, I think they're going to try to go for value though. Like I think that's ultimately, especially since Anthony Hitchens contract is so thick. I mean, it's a big, it's a but big, it's not number. that thick. It's thick for him, but it's compared to the rest of the linebacker. It, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. over $10 million cap hit next year. I think it's closer yeah. to 12. I mean, that's still a lot. So I, I think you just got to figure out value, especially with as many other things that are going on. And you just proved that you can win a Super Bowl uh, with less than ideal linebackers. Okay. Let's talk about the draft. Let's go ahead just down the line. Favorite prospect at linebacker, Maddie. Akeem Davis Gaither. I know we were really big. This whole podcast was really big on him early in the process. We told everybody about him. We talked him up a bunch. We spoke about him a ton. He's an amazing player. I think we've all backed off. Not our love for Akeem Davis Gaither. Just we all probably don't think he's the best fit for the Chiefs. And that's why we haven't mentioned him as much lately. He just doesn't fit the typical Steve Spagnuolo linebacker type. I hope we're wrong. I hope they branch out and he's on their board because his coverage ability, his fluidity in space and movement, his ability to just take away space, not players, not the run, but just space is second to almost none in this class. He plays as an overhang for Appalachian State. That's probably given some Chiefs fans some PTSD with Dorian O'Daniel. He plays nothing like him. He's incredibly physical. He uses his hands super well when he engages with blockers. He's not the strongest guy, and I can't quite figure out exactly how even quality offensive linemen were not able to block him and stick to him because he just finds a way to slither off of them, removes their hand from his chest, and gets around him. He makes plays as a blitzer in coverage and in the run game. If the Chiefs could add him to play Will Linebacker, I would be ecstatic. I just unfortunately think he's a little too thin frame for them to be looking heavily into, but that's not going to stop me from telling everybody that will listen. Akeem Davis Gaither is going to be a linebacker name you remember from being a fantastic athlete and coverage linebacker as a professional football player. I am a linebacker hater. <laughs> I Hashtag linebackers don't matter. I get yeah. it's I just I don't value the position enough. I don't want to, you know, put a ton of assets into the to the linebacker position typically. But <laughs> there is there is one linebacker that has tickled the fancy of everyone that has watched him so far and it's Patrick Queen. And at this point, digging in deeper, there's no chance Patrick Queen is there at 32. Like we could just go ahead and establish this. 
phenomenal player, fluid. Watch him run. Uh, watch him turn and run a wheel with lineback or with running backs. It's a thing of beauty. The man has ex- exceptional elite movement skills for linebacker. He can drop. He can flip his hips. He can backpedal. He's got sideline to sideline ability. He's fast. Um, he's the he's the complete package, and he's still a youth. He's still 20 years old. Will be 20 years old, I believe, on draft day as well. I love him. If the Chiefs were able to get him, I would be geeked out. Uh, and outside of him, I just linebackers don't matter. So uh, that that's that's my stance there. Kent thanks the linebackers for the running backs of defense. Yep. But yeah, hundred percent. So I'm gonna cheat, guys. Because I think you all know that I love Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. I love several guys here, but I'm going to cheat and I'm going to give you guys an extra sleeper here. Uh oh. (laughs) Jacob Phillips out of LSU. Uh, I know as much of a sleeper as an LSU linebacker can be, he's the only one of the LSU linebackers that started and played all year long. Patrick Queen did not start, Michael Divinity Jr. did. Divinity Jr. left. Patrick Queen came in. He took the spot that Jacob Phillips was playing. Jacob Phillips moved more to the mic role, called the fronts for LSU for most of the year, but he had that flexibility to play as a will. He lined up as an overhang. He's got the ability to stack between the tackles. He's got really good eye discipline. He he looks slow because he's lining up next to a freak athlete. And so by comparison, he's just been overlooked a little bit more. I think he's a guy that's maybe a round three guy just because he's not the best kind of athlete, but he's smart. He's super smart. He's long. And the fact that LSU trusted him to call the fronts and Put him in charge of everything with all those studs that they had on defense. They put him in charge. I think he could play Will for the Chiefs. I think he's got the flexibility to play Mike for the Chiefs as well. He's a bigger guy as well. I just think that I I would love to bring in Jacob Phillips. And he's becoming one of my favorite guys to kind of look at in that midterm there. We were actually talking about it. Jelani Tavai, another guy that we loved last year out of Hawaii, went top 50 to the Lions last year. And we liked him quite a bit. Not top 50 liked him, but we liked him quite a bit. I like Jacob Phillips significantly more than I like Jelani Tavai. I think Jacob Phillips is going to just fall farther because of the nature of this draft class. I think and Jelani Tavai started for the Lions all year long. I would much rather have Jacob Phillips Give him to me. Mid, mid rounds. Give him to me. All right. Best fit in the draft. Here we go. Okay. Uh, this was easy for me. Zach Bond. Uh, big guy. Ridiculously smart. Played edge there at Wisconsin. Moved to off ball. We saw him at the Senior Bowl. He is probably going to still be around at 32. There's a chance that he could go before then. But of those upper tier guys, he's probably the most likely available at 32. I think he checks all of the boxes for Steve Spagnolo. His zone coverage is great. He he looks phenomenal dropping into zone coverage and he's coming from playing edge. So that's that's a real big plus. He hasn't seen a ton of it yet. He looks good reading between the tackles. He's very he's surprisingly fluid for a guy his size and yet he's got the size that Spagnolo covets out of his, you know, out of his second level guys. I think Zach Bond makes a ton of sense for the Chiefs. 
He does. It's kind of weird to put a guy that's a little bit of a project. I don't even think projects are just a guy that needs some seasoning as the best fit. But the thing is, like Craig said, Zach Vaughn has the size, the athleticism, and the general IQ to fit all of the thresholds you have to you have to be in consideration. And then when you look at Zach Vaughn, he's got the strength and the play that the play strength and the ability to stack and shed blocks and interior gaps. That's a must to play for Steve Spagnuolo. He's got the athleticism to be the most athletic linebacker on the team. That includes Dorian O'Daniel almost right away. He's very fluid in zone drops. Wisconsin did play him off the edge, but they dropped him in coverage enough that you got to see him pedal. You got to see him shuffle, fight for width, fight for depth. Like he's adept in zone coverage. He's still getting used to man coverage a little bit more. And you saw some ups and downs of the senior bowl, but to tell you the truth, he did not look out of place. He was probably one of the better linebackers at the senior bowl, just playing the position for the first time, trying to cut and turn and run with the running backs and tight ends. He's a guy that has all the upside in the world at the position. Oh, and if you want to blitz him, he is a guy that had double digit sacks in the Big Ten, a real football conference, unlike most of them in the world. So it's not like he can't rush the passer. He gives you the versatility, the upside, the athleticism. He is everything you could put into a package for his team. Spagnuolo linebacker that might actually be available at the end of the first round. Yeah, I, I, all those things. I, I think, I, I think his growth at the Senior Bowl and getting to see him, you know, make progress over the week was really impressive. And as a guy like like Maddie said, that really hadn't done a ton of that. Being able to see that growth, there's a lot. Of, I think there's upside there, and I'm very curious how he's going to test at the senior or at the combine as well, because that will be really interesting uh, to his profile as well. And Maddie said another thing. Maddie said that I was, was going to say as well is I love that he has that rush that pass rush experience. I think that's just I think very intriguing as a dynamic piece that Steve Spagnuolo would get to play with. You can oh, talk. Oh man, Steve Spagnuolo wants to blitz those linebackers so bad, you guys. You can, you can talk me into a Zach Bond in round one, which is where he's going to go if the Chiefs are going to take him. I mean, that their yeah. best chance. I mean, he's going to go somewhere. He's going to go top 50, and the Chiefs would have to take him at 32. Okay, day three sleeper, Craig. Justin Stranod out of Wake Forest. He's really fun. You turn on his tape. He's catching so much hype lately, but you turn on his tape. He's so fun to watch. He's very fluid. He changes directions ridiculously well. He's 6'2", 230. He's got a little thinner build. Like he, he's, he's a little more spindly and lanky. So he's not exactly what Spagnuolo's looking for. But my goodness, if you're looking for a coverage linebacker in day three, that's him. Like Justin Stranod can cover. And so he could be more that dime linebacker role. He's not afraid to take on blocks. He just doesn't have the mass. My man will keep trying. Like blockers will latch onto him and try and ragdoll him around. And he's still fighting out there. He's got the competitive toughness that you're looking for out of a linebacker. And, you know, it's somebody that could replace Ben Neiman as your true coverage linebacker on obvious passing downs. I don't know that he can really fill that will roll right away. I don't know that they're going to trust him to play on early downs as a will, but you could do a lot worse than finding a guy who can actually cover, who appears to be a little bit smart enough to play that at the next level here. You'd be able to plug him in and upgrade on your, you know, real true passing downs there. 
Yeah. And the biggest thing I took away from watching Justin Schnaud, I was hesitant to really jump on board because when guys get hyped this late in the process, I think that if it makes the national media rounds, it makes everybody want to jump on and like him right away. So I was a little slow. I was a little hesitant, but I watched him. He's got real range. He gets sideline to sideline. He plays physical at the point of contact. Like he is not afraid to be physical. He just has a very wiry wide receiver like frame, which makes him lose a lot of leverage battles. And it makes him just not have the mass to take on blockers. But you slap him on the weak side, let him chase things down, let him drop into coverage. He has like Zach Bond, some very comfortable, very fluid reps, getting into a backpedal, to a shuffle, breaking downhill and stuff. Like He is a guy that if he's available on day three, recovering from the torn biceps injury he suffered during the season, if you can find him there, he's a guy that has real starting potential, and it just so happens to be at the linebacker position the Chiefs need the most help at. All right, that is going to do it for the offensive or off off the ball linebacker. I keep doing that. Off ball linebacker preview. We will catch you later. Uh, this week with the AP Draft Show. Linebackers do matter. Linebackers do matter. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.